when a form of music that our children like becomes linked with ghoulish images and violent theatrics, it demands our attention. Hundreds of thousands of teenagers are locked onto so-called heavy metal music. I grew up metalhead. I love 80s. Yeah! 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 Yeah, 80s metal, like Metallica. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How much more black could this be? And the answer is none. None more black. Turn it up. It's going to be abrasive. It's going to be sickening. It's going to be hard to listen to. It's going to be aggressive. And it's going to fucking kick you in the fucking balls of the pussy. All right. Welcome back, everybody. This is a summertime podcast. I'm Eric, and Keith's here. Tim's here. We're without Joe on this episode, unfortunately. Joe cannot no Joe. join us for this one, but we replaced him with two people. <laughs> so uh, joining us are uh, a couple fellow metalheads, uh, friends of ours. Um, we have Greg, and we have Rob. Say hello, hello. guys. I look forward to being one half Joe. <laughs> <laughs> You can only hope. <laughs> that guy is awesome. One half of Joe. Probably the bottom half. <laughs> so uh, I know Greg and Rob, um, they're, in, they're in a local cover band. And well, should I say you're in two local cover bands or is that blowing your, your <laughs> cover? <laughs> uh, you can say whatever you want. Nobody cares. <laughs> the jig Listen, is up our, our audience of... Four. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, <not laughs> we're revealing you. This is like a kiss unmasked or something. Yeah, right. Uh, no, so yeah, they're in a band called Dr. Fu and they're in another band called Hair Metal. And Hair Metal does all glam covers and it's and pretty awesome. They're all decked out in glam rock gear. Isn't hair spelled like. Yes, they're, they're German. They're from German. German hair. Yeah. Yes. Hair. They are from yeah. German. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are from Hamburg, Germany. <laughs> So yeah, it's cool, and uh, you know, I wanted to get him on this episode to uh, bring in some some new opinions and new thoughts, and and actually give us a little education on some bands that we weren't aware of, um, at least one band. Yeah. So we're going to continue our discussion of 1989 albums, uh, 30 year birthdays of albums from '89. So we are discussing uh, Faith No More, the real thing. Uh, we'll also be talking about Soundgarden, Louder Than Love. Uh, Cro-Mags, Best Wishes, and the band that we were not aware of, we meaning Keith, Tim, and Eric, or uh, Leeway. Uh, <laughs> I to was aware of them, I just didn't ever listen to them. I never heard of them. No, me either. Uh, Leeway, Born to, the, born, born to Expire is the name of them. Yeah, it is, because they're very good. Yeah. We were quite impressed. Yeah. Aw, oh, shucks. Listen more <laughs> hardcore. That's there. That is the goal. So, um, where do we want to start? I think let's start with Leeway. I mean, yeah, sure. Uh, I think we're going to end at Faith No More. Sounds like a good plan. Yeah, that's uh, but, And I have a strong feeling that Cro-Mags might take up a good portion of uh, the discussion. <laughs> of the- yeah, there's a lot to talk about with them, too. Yeah. Um, oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, Leeway, uh, Born to Expire is the album. Um, debut album, apparently, from New York City band oh, Leeway. that's cool. That's an impressive debut. Yeah. Uh, band members are... Eddie Sutton on vocals, AJ Novello on guitar, Michael Gibbons on guitar. No relation, I assume. <laughs> no so is this right? On bass is Zowie. 
<laughs> that is correct. That is correct. Okay. Wow. And every every week we get a new weird name. I know. <laughs> crazy Romo. named person. <laughs> <laughs> One word Spot. names. Amazing. Yeah. Zowie. And someone help me with a drummer. Tony Fonteo? Fonteo? I can't say that. F-O-N-T-A-O. And he's got a little, little squiggly over the A. The yeah. Donia, yeah. yeah. Fatonia, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so... Rob and Greg, this is all you because I have no, no, no nothing. Why, to why say don't you pl- why don't you play a, a sample of them? Good so idea. Hear. Yeah, you got. They are still on Spotify, right? Because I know there was some sort of. Well, weird... no. So They're... in Spotify, you can actually pull local files, and that's what I did. Oh, I just threw... oh okay. He's yeah, doing so. technical because I think they're no longer on Spotify. They're not, or they yeah, pulled they pulled they're... Born to Expire at least. Like as soon as we as soon as you guys introduced them to us. They left Spotify. <laughs> yeah, what the hell? <laughs> it's like the next day. Somebody's somebody's <laughs> listening to our music. That's it. We're done. Yeah, get them out of here. What the hell? Someone exactly. Might- that's, yeah. that's how hardcore works. <laughs> <laughs> We're mainstream. We have fifteen listeners. <laughs> so what's, sellouts. What's a good example to play for so people can? I say uh, defy you. Oh, okay. I mean, you, market I mean, squealer. Yeah, I right. would say rise and fall into market a squealer. But I mean, right. I, if you're just going to isolate it, whatever you guys want, it's all it's all metal. It's all just good. a little. Little taste. We'll we'll do defy you. It's <coughs> a good. So um, I remember we started talking about this band, and, and I, I don't know who said it, but they were like, yeah, they're a hardcore band, or they're kind of metal band. They're a total metal to me. They don't sound hardcore yeah. at all to, to me at all. It's, what's the what's the, what's the the definition there? Like, wh- when do you say something is metal and something is hardcore? I know that it's like... To me, I would say, I mean, just as a kind of a line in the sand, it's the, it's the vocalist, for sure. Okay. Um, you're more screaming than singing. Right. And also the length of the songs. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. That's true. Normally in this, you know, two minute, um, get in, break it down, beat somebody up, and get out of there. Right. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, that's true. The, songs these are guys are short, a crossover, so. I think. I mean, this I'm, is definitely a band that can be called either, probably. I yeah. think so, yeah. Uh, that's, for me, for me, it was always hardcore. When hardcore started, I'd say in the early 80s, you know, with Agnostic Front and those guys, it was definitely much more punk style. It was like punk with metal distortion. Um, and then, well, Cro-Mags, you know, <laughs> pretty much yeah. after them, everything slowly got more and more metal. And then in the mid nineties, somehow hardcore became death metal. I, I still <laughs> don't understand where that left turn in Albuquerque happened, but, uh, you know, eight, you know, band, you know, age of ruin and all the, the current guys that are definitely, they're hardcore, but they right. definitely have no punk element in any way, shape or form. So, yeah, I think the Chromags, um, we're not talking about them yet, but they really kind of laid the groundwork for a band like Leeway. I mean, Chromags were New York City, Leeway is Brooklyn, um, Raw Deal, I think it was Murphy's Law, um, Killing Time. I mean, a lot of these bands even Breakdown. shared members. Yeah, yeah. Breakdown. Yep. Sick people. Oh, we should, that's a great, but <laughs> See, it, well, it's during- that stuff. 
in the in the late 80s rob and i were in a, a hardcore band in buffalo and so all the music in buffalo was taking stuff from new york city so whatever came out in new york city everybody would get it and then Totally copy it. Please, pretty much the entire East Coast was copying New York City. So. Yeah. yeah, that's true. So, so I got the Leeway album because my cousin got it from somebody who got it from somebody, and you know, it was awesome, just awesome. I was totally blown away by it when I got it. Yeah, I mean, this was like I said, this is the first time I've ever heard of this band, and definitely the first time I heard this album. So, uh, my initial reactions, I actually wrote this down, was it kind of reminds me of a thrashier dri but also mixed in with some sean killian from violence absolutely yeah and tim and i were kind of talking about that offline like you're definitely saying later dri not like yeah none of the thrash dri (laughs) i metal faster of the first album that's impossible no 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 more more when thrash zone yeah yeah thrash zone that kind of stuff and then but but also it reminded me a little bit of early prong like the first first two prong albums and that made I, sense. I think these guys kind of had, were in the same circles as Prong too. I don't know um, okay. exactly the history, but I know they were all in the same geographic area, and so they probably went to each other's shows. Yeah, and, sure. Yeah, you know, I mean, you can just hear. the cool thing I found out, which I didn't know um, in researching this, was this record was recorded in '87, and oh, wow. Chromags um, released Age of Quarrel um, in. Uh, 1986. Yeah, 86. So this was right hot on the heels. And um, to me, that kind of, it fits. I mean, it's it's definitely like they heard that record and were like, whoa, yeah. what can we do? Yeah, but the, but for 87, though, the quality of the, the like the, this, the guitar sound yeah. and the drum sound on this sounds record, great. I mean, that's off the off the chart. Yeah, yeah. it's amazing. Put the Chromex album, first album on next to this, it probably sounds like it was in, a, you know, like a bad does, no, I yeah. think the Chromex record isn't terrible either, but for a lot of the records at the time, they were recorded terribly, and yeah. Greg's totally right. Yeah, this one sounds great. Yeah, yeah, it does sound it's, really good. Yeah. I mean, the guitar tone on this stands up today, too. I would, you know, I was oh, yeah. jamming it in the car. It was, oh, yeah. You know, it's just a great tone. Sounds it really great. is. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the guitar tones back in the day, like, you know, we'll talk about Chromags next, but that sounded more like 83 stuff to me than yeah. <laughs> like, like this is a, this is an 89 album and it, you know, it sounds like it could be in like the mid late 90s or even, like you said, Greg, even today. It, it's, it's a really great guitar tone. So, yeah. um, and actually, like all around, like we were saying, the production all around is actually very good. Like the bass, you can hear pretty well, and yep. the drums sound really good. Um, and the singer, I mean, one of the things when you guys in listening to the podcast uh, and you've been reviewing these records, the '83 records especially, is you'll have great music and just horrible vocals. Oh yeah, it turns you <laughs> off. And this guy, I mean, maybe that's the appeal of hardcore too. Is like they're not singing, they're screaming, mm-hmm. and so it's a different. It's it's almost like you're already into heavy stuff, and the screaming just kind of layers on top, and you don't get distracted by a terrible, Mm-mm. you know, a terrible voice. So I yeah. I would always describe it more of a hollering than screaming. You know, it's, a, <laughs> it's just it's anger. Yeah. Yeah, maybe yelling at you because it's it's well, like you know, I mean, the guy is pretty much saying, "I am going to beat you to death and yeah. then take <laughs> yeah. out your parents." <laughs> that's that's <laughs> the. New York awesome. City hardcore. Those are pretty much the lyrics of most New York hardcore <laughs> yep. songs. So. I am super pissed, and my fist is coming for you. Yeah, that is exactly <laughs> it. It's awesome. What? Wait, we have a special guest. What is going on here? Oh my god! What's happening? <laughs> he couldn't stay away. <laughs> well, let's let's wait till he actually. He loved Leeway so, so much he had <laughs> yeah. to sign on. Some guy named Joe hacked into our podcast. What is going me? on here? Can you hear me talking? Yeah, yeah yes, can. we can. Yes, sir. All right. So many faces. That's crazy. <laughs> it's like 
family. What is it? Brady Bunch. Yeah, Brady, Brady Bunch. Bunch. <laughs> Brady Bunch. Uh, yeah. Who's fucking Greg? <laughs> He's right down there. Greg. Well, Greg's here. Lower left. <laughs> I don't know. Where's Alice? Is what you want to know. Yeah. Where's the middle? There you go. So, um, I forgot where we were. We're talking what about leeway. Leeway. We're talking about vocals. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Saying how. Um, the most part, oh, when it, well, yeah. Well, when it comes to hardcore vocals, uh, they're 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 not trying to sing. Which is a good thing because, uh, I mean, let's face it, you know, with a lot of the albums we've talked about for like, you know, over the past few months, some of those guys tried to do way more than they could. Oh, yeah. These guys don't even try to even do the, the slightest bit of anything. They just yell in your face about butchering your, I don't know, you and everyone you know, and then, um, how hard they have it. Yeah. Well, let's play a little more of them just so we can. Because I don't think Joe, well, Joe's obviously heard them, but Mark of the Squealer, Mark of the Squealer. <laughs> you sound like you're in a show. <laughs> That's total Sean Killian. Oh yeah, that's violence. <laughs> do you guys? Do you guys I mean, listen to violence? Super pissed. Do you, I do not. This oh, is man. Uh, another. They're this actually is, playing in New York uh, with friends of mine. Ache. Well, I was. I'm friends with. Who people. is? Uh, violence. Oh, they are. What? Yeah. I didn't know they were. Keith, the, Keith name dropper. <laughs> <laughs> well, I knew they were doing some <clears throat> reunion shows, but yeah. uh, I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know they were. That's cool. That's crazy. Yeah. So we talked about violence on a previous podcast. I don't yeah. Know. But, a previous um, podcast. I was going to play a little bit, but. <laughs> a, a comparison? Yeah. What is it? Kill on Command. Is that a good example? Sure. Yeah, that's fine. So definitely more thrash. Oh, yeah. I just want to get to the vocals so they can hear the comparison. Yeah. Yeah. It's similar. Yeah. It's very similar. Uh, anyway, you get the picture. But, you know, yeah. that. Uh, it's very similar. Yeah. yeah. Leeway's better, though. <laughs> That's true. Uh, mm, mm. <laughs> <laughs> play, we might disagree um, on that one. Yeah. Play some of. Uh, well, start uh, Unexpected by Leeway and tell me what it sounds like to you, Eric. Okay. And Joe. Joe should recognize the riff, too. Oh, it's overkill, right? Yeah. Wow. It's hello from the gutter. Yeah, hello from the gutter. From the gutter. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> and now I have to play that, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Play hello from the gutter now. <laughs> it all comes back to overkill. What <laughs> 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 difference? Yeah. 
Hey, and they're a New Jersey band, so yeah. You know. So now you got to go to Seventeen by Winger and put that in there. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I, it's so funny. They're like overkill, and I'm thinking like that sounds like Winger a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, it does. I'm not wearing my Winger shirt though. Get uh, out of here, Stuart. <laughs> yeah, get out of here, Stuart. 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 <laughs> uh, the, all, the other thing the I don't know, we didn't we didn't talk about this, but like if you listen to Catholic high school, I mean that oh, that's early example of rap metal as you're gonna get. Yeah, I don't know what they were oh, doing really? there, but they Play were it, doing yeah. something funky. Hey, this was before uh, Anthrax. Did he say Lee, Lee Wei Rocks? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> sure. Ooh, case you didn't that's know. cool, man. <laughs> it, it, that it kind of sounds like, I mean, it almost that's, sounds like some suicidal tendencies from, yeah, you know, yeah. like, how will I laugh tomorrow? Yeah, kind of Trevor the Brain, frame. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It does. Yeah, I could hear that for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, th- another thing I think that, that, you know, we're talking about vocals that differentiates between, like, metal and hardcore, but I think also... It's the guitar work as well, though. Like I'm th- like suicidal or like this or, um, like th- there's like just a lot more expansive guitar lead work. Like the guy in Leeway, I think is trying to sound like Alex Skolnick at some time. Some yeah. it's like he's just not obviously not there. Yeah, but like that's not happening in like, uh, you know, it's hap- uh, on a lot of hardcore music at all. Like there's yeah. not souls like v- that. Vinny yeah. Stigma don't ever bothered trying to Alex Skolnickify anything. <laughs> Greg Greg used to try to sound like Alex Skolnick when we played in the 80s too and he didn't get there either but he tried not even close not a lot of people can yeah, sound like Alex not uh, very meaningful yeah that's very right. no, setting a bar a bit higher right. than it really needs to go <laughs> yeah right <laughs> yeah well cool I, I mean I'll, overall I liked it I'll, I will go back to this I don't know what their other stuff is like I I, I, I mean is, I'm assuming it's similar it's kind of the same vein uh, the uh, next thing that came, no. happened for them is they had like a something that was played on maybe Headbangers Ball or some MTV thing and a subsequent album. The single was called Kingpin or something like that. I think that was it. And it was like a very rap rock song. It was oh, like really? Okay. A serious departure. Yeah. Uh-huh. It, it, it's not It's not the same at all. They they like moved off of this very, very quickly. Oh, it was wow. really unfortunate. Yeah, so, that's, a, that's a bummer. And, but again, it could be. This was record, recorded in 97. Their next record was 87. 91. I'm sorry. Recorded in 87. Their next record was 91. So that's four years. That's a long time. Yeah. You could see how maybe it evolved more than it should. Right, too bad. Recorded, this was recorded two years before it was released. Did you guys talk about that? Yeah. 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 Uh, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, we didn't. What are you talking about? That's not very interesting. This album was recorded? <laughs> All right, well, um, should we move on to, uh, to Chromags, unless anyone else has more to say about Leeway? I'm good. No? I think I think we've covered Leeway. Cool. Um, I, I will give you a bridge if you're interested. Yeah, please. Um, Leeway and Chromags um, are, aside from Murphy's Laws, the third one, are the only three um, hardcore metal bands on Profile Records, which you may or may not know was Run DMC's label. Oh. 
And no, they treated these guys like they were outsiders too, because they got terrible <laughs> treatment by the they got terrible treatment by the label and even the reissues and like where these records ended up today. It's a complete mess. Um, oh. Finding the Chromags on vinyl or finding leeway on vinyl. If you're not getting the originals, that's basically it. And I think Pro- Profile just just really didn't know what to do with these guys. That's a bummer. Um, but Chromags, we- Murphy's Law, and uh, and and Leeway were all. In that's probably why we never heard of them because there was no promotion. There was no. I, I mean, it could have been that for sure. Yeah, I mean, they were close enough to for, for Virginia to, to you know we should have heard of them. It wasn't like they were right you now. Yeah. Well, it's kind of the bottom. same way <laughs> Rothschild was dealt. You know, their management was terrible. Yeah, they, they got no promotion. They they were such a great band, but no one knew about them except for you know, like people in this area. Yeah, so. it's a bummer because yeah. that album was. It is that Leeway album is fucking great. Yeah, I was kind of I pissed. I didn't say this for a lot of New York hardcore. The bands would pretty much, you know, come up with something fucking phenomenal, and then. Two or three or four members of the band would end up hating each other in a matter of weekends <laughs> and before they'd even record or something like that. Uh. It's just, you know. Yeah, I can imagine that was another big reason for the lack of uh, stuff. Yeah. Um, Is a defining factor of hardcore stopping and play, just playing bass for a couple of seconds? Is that what it is? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Especially if, I mean, Harley, if Harley had anything to do with it, yeah. yes, Harley would have kicked your ass if he didn't get his bass time in Chromags. But I yeah, when we, when we wrote songs in the hardcore band, I remember Greg's cousin is like, give me something on the bass to intro the song. Like, <laughs> okay. I noticing, like, you guys are thrash, and all of a sudden, oh, stop, there's just bass right here. Okay, go back to thrash. <laughs> is that how you make it hardcore? Is that what's going on? Because it's like, everything else is just Before thrash. Before the breakdown. Yeah. Right? Well, since we're talking about it, let's play a little Chromags. Any 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 suggestions? Can we, can we think of a song that does that in it? <laughs> oh, yeah, really? play, oh play definitely. Th- um, down but not out and cru- well, the intro, uh, the bass intros are. I want to say fugitive is one, but the 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 breakdown sections, the things that make at least to me is like emblematic of hardcore. Down but not out and crush the de- the demoniac. Yeah, uh, have that breakdown section in the middle. So is that the breakdown you're talking about? Yep. All right. Cool. That's awesome. Definitely is. All right. So a little, a couple notes on this album. Um, so the mem- band members are, which is, this is a- apparently a big thing. See, I shouldn't be the one doing this. I know nothing about this band. But right. I can tell. <laughs> I, I know that Harley Flanagan was on vocals and bass, and he took mm-hmm. over the duties from John Joseph. Correct. Yes. Right. Okay. And then you have Paris Mitchell Mayhew on rhythm guitar. Just <laughs> kind of funny name. He looks exactly like Greg's brother, actually. He does make jokes about that all the time. He's the one who looks like he does not belong in this band at all. Hey, totally. He's yeah. like, it's like, wait, what's going on here? Like, what? My you know 80s cover band kicked me out, and now I'm in the Chromex. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He looks like Crispin Glover. Oh, yes. really? He's so so with, with long, curly hair. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and you have Doug Holland on lead guitar and Pete Hines on drums. Uh, so yeah, this band, I, so I, another band that I never listened to, and I don't know if I ever even listened to them at all. You probably um, heard Age of Quarrel a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. 
Probably, but I mean, that, that not is like, considered to be one of the probably one of the seminal, you know, albums from the canon of, yeah. of hardcore. They, well, they, had a, they had a song. It I had wasn't what I was expecting too. at all. Like, this, yeah, well, Age of Coral doesn't sound a lot like this necessarily. It's even more. that album. So, uh, based on I think Keith said I should go listen to Age of Coral first no. before or listen to it compared to this album at least. And I listened to Age of Coral first. Okay, um, but even that was like wasn't what I was expecting. I was I was expecting like. Uh, more like a hate breed type, like yeah. just screaming and, <laughs> you know, that kind of hardcore. That's what I, th- when I think of hardcore, that's what I think of. But, um, so it was a lot different than I was expecting, but yeah, huge difference between this album, um, or between Age of Coral and, and this album, uh, Best Wishes. Yeah. Um, this is definitely more, I thought it was <laughs> more like a thrash album. I mean, mm-hmm. there's guitar solos and shit. So I like it better. Me, but that's, like, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> it's more long. Yeah. Long I think life. I do too, but that's yeah. because I'm into thrash more than. Yeah. This is more like what we're, Used to, right? Yes, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, from my knowledge, though, I mean, pretty much Paris, the, the guitarist, the the more metal stuff I always thought was kind of his angle on it. I'm not sure if Rob or Greg, you guys, you know, know a little bit more about this. I mean, let's face it, Harley was definitely the main songwriter on this album, yeah. and I think him and Paris kind of split most of Age of Coral. Uh, for the most part, I mean, I see Heinz's name listed a number of times, or Holland, yeah, Doug Holland's name. What the hell is that? I th- didn't. John have something had more influence uh, with. In um, the, it, oh, it, it, that's the whole thing. Like he wrote lyrics, I think, in Age of Coral, but I don't think he wrote any music. He's never written any of the music, um, which is why you know one of the many things that Harley gets pissed off at. <laughs> <laughs> He's sitting there still playing all the songs that Harley wrote, so. Oh, see. Wait, but does Tim have the vinyl of this record? Yeah. Ooh. There it is. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, Age of Coral. Okay. I thought yeah, not this one. No, this is the first wishes. one. This is. But it's. How did you, why that? do you have that? Well, look at the picture on the back. Hold it up. Where is he? There's there's my brother <laughs> in the back there. The <laughs> <laughs> it looks like Lover. A brand from Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. You know, Greg, when Jeff hears this, he's going to be pissed. <laughs> I got a beat and coming. So this, um, I borrowed this 30 years ago. Nice. Oh, that's, wow. an orig- that's an original press. Yeah, oh it's the real, yeah, real. That that could be worth some shit, man. That's it, No, it, it's not could be. It is. Yeah. That's, uh, that'll get, I mean, you know, it's 75 to 100 bucks, but still original press of that. Does it have the censored on, does it, sen- okay, so that's a second like press. Apparently there was a version of this that had the no sense. It was, that was not printed there. I don't know why that's so offensive. That's weird, yeah. That's did still you borrow original. it from Good Jeff stuff. Wells? Sure did. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> Oh, does he listen to this? Because if so, you have to give him back. No. 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 But yeah. He should, we, but he doesn't. Yeah, he really should. Yeah. Um Yeah, I, I kinda have a feeling. <laughs> yeah. He was our he was our punk hardcore friend yeah, back he, in the You would 80s, like Chromags, so. you should listen to them. That's how he talks. So, so wait, I'm the one who filled in for him, I guess. Like what? thirty no. years later, oh, I guess. Oh, yeah. five, yeah, like, five yeah. years later. After well, the eighties. Like later, you yeah. came you came into the nineties, you took yeah. over for him. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah i mean i overall i like this album it was um yeah i like it again not what i was expecting at all but i really enjoyed it i was uh very impressed oh the only <laughs> so i i will say the song the only one hmm i don't know about that song <laughs> not not your favorite no that I was the one to s- i think it sounds like flotsman jetsam let me play a little bit of that uh, i don't I, I put down that this is a bit cheesy 
It was he's trying to sing. I'm like, hey, don't try to sing. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> like, oh, that's the one. Yeah, that has that intro, that bass intro. Yeah, I'll, I'll. I think it's, it's after Sean, bass intros. So, did we figure out what that sounds like? Yeah, I think it's. I think it's. Um, that's metal. Metal shock. By who? Flotsam and Jetsam. It's not okay. exactly the same. It's just similar. Okay. Let me get to the vocals, because that's when I was like... I like the drums, though. I like that. No. I like that. Yeah, but what is he doing with the vocals? Like, what is that? I don't know. It just doesn't work. I don't know. It just For me, it just doesn't work. It, it, yeah. So play a uh, metal shock. It's the beginning, just the beginning. It's not the same, but similar. The vocals are better on this. It just, remi- it just reminds me of it. Oh yeah, I can see that definitely already. Yeah. Definitely the vocals. He didn't even do that. <laughs> After that, it's kind of not the same, but yeah, well, just the beginning. Yeah, it just reminded me similar. of it. That's yeah, all. absolutely. Yeah, definitely similar. Yeah. And then uh, the song "Age of Quarrel," their last song on the album. Yeah, which is fucking fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I love that song. But it reminded me. Well, I guess I should say "Spit Out the Bone" by Metallica reminded me of the structure of "Age of Quarrel." It has a similar like starts off with that staccato drum thing, and then there's a Heavy part in the middle. There's fast parts. It's. It, yeah. I don't know if Metallica even is aware of this. Typical song. Metallica ripoff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're known it's, for ripping off Chromex all the time. <laughs> Did Mustaine write Chromex songs too? Of, of course. Yeah, he wrote all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all I think them. that you have uh, like a two. This is a totally different Chromex. You know, in in yeah. Age of Quarrel, the songs are two minutes. You know, hard and heavy, in and out. Very little structure, and these songs are towing the line. You got double that. Some are over five minutes, even. And yeah. it's there, you know, Harley's vocal style while he's still a screamer, he's obviously experimenting a little bit, whether it's good or bad, but they're definitely m- much more into metal, you know. And um, yeah. that could have also, you know, you could have had, you had a lot of uh, East Coast bands listening to Chromags and loving the Chromags, and then maybe that reflect was reflected in, you know, I mean, our band, uh, we went way more metal <laughs> because of this kind of music. So it, it whether you know we chose to or not, whether it was a conscious thing, but <laughs> our band became much more metal as we got as we moved along. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. it's an evolution. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Did you notice uh, Crush the Demoniac has a kind of an old Iron Maiden? vibe where they they play the main riff and then the vocals kind of follow that riff and it remind me of like Paul Diano Maiden really in a way oh, cool. yeah just just play it and you'll you'll hear it doesn't just play from the beat like that right there mm-hmm. it's kind of old Maiden yeah I can hear that it's ace is high yeah <laughs> <laughs> It's like, yeah, 
Paul Piano, you got it. Yeah. And I, yeah, he says hi. Yeah, I could hear that too. Absolutely. Huh. That sounds very early, early, early Anthrax too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I can hear that too. And, and there's an incredible. awesome breakdown section in that too. Oh yeah, there is. It's fucking awesome. That's, I mean, that's when I, I it's it's almost kind of like an Anthrax song structure where it's like you know they they lead yeah. you to the war dance and then you like yeah. go completely insane in the pit and then you're out. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's that total <laughs> yeah <laughs> the heavy riff. Yeah. Well, heavy middle. I mean that every watch me and Greg when that comes in we just start. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> well, I was just gonna say that it's it's just amazing that these bands from New York that. That we like as thrash bands, they have a lot in common with Chromags and Leeway. It's just mm-hmm. that it's, it's geography that gives you that sound, you know. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's even that's even it kind of reminded me of old Overkill. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, they're from Jersey. That's not the same. <laughs> <laughs> I think they might have played in New York. They, I was going to say, if they didn't play just there, maybe. they came into New York to watch shows. Oh sure. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and get <laughs> laughed at. They're obnoxious. They're from Jersey, but I'm pretty sure they went to New York. Uh, yeah, a thousand times in their career. So I'll admit, I only listened to this album once, all the way through. Um. You son of a bitch! Yeah. <laughs> well, oh. it, tr- trust me when I say this: the stuff that came out after this, don't even give it one. Uh, like, like, oh really? no, no, no! Near death experience is the only one I actually oh. own, and oh my god, is it bad? Yeah, Alpha <laughs> Omega. Uh, Alpha Omega was alpha garbage. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> such a disappointment. <laughs> okay. I Gregor, Greg, are you going to read us a passage out of the... Uh... <laughs> yeah, Rob got me this for Christmas. This is Harley's biography. Uh, oh, nice. But maybe I don't not. Know, did, did you guys do you guys know anything about his background? Did you talk about that before? We've not. No, I, not I, I, was, I wanted no. to get into the Hare Krishna stuff. So yeah, please. go ahead. Well, I just wanted to go early, Harley. There's some pictures of him. Like, So oh, his yeah. parents were like... New York hippies, and he was involved in like the whole New York music and art scene from being like a little kid. So there's pictures of him like hanging out with the Clash, yeah, oh, um, Andy Warhol, uh, Andy Warhol, and stuff like that. And he was his sister was in a like a popular punk band called the Stimulators, and he was the drummer in the band when he was like 12. Huh. And so there's all these pictures of him like hanging out with adults, drinking, you know, smoking, <laughs> 12 years old. Right. And that's just always been he's like a New York kid like uh you know just that's his he's like a scene kid that's a, that's his whole life it's just interesting to see like that the weird yeah. thing the, the juxtaposition though for uh john joseph like he was flat out an orphan and you know kind of left you know the orphanage he was at and just you know was homeless for two years living on the streets and then harley flanagan who is the you know the main songwriter he's yes of course came from i don't know if you could say privilege but at least the guy the guy definitely had key ties into all of the, you know, hipster or underground shit that was going on in New York. That's, I think, two sides of that, that, that band that really worked well for a period of time. Well, it's interesting that they were Krishna, too. I, I you know, I think of them as skinheads, and that's what I'm like, yeah. oh, they're just skinheads. But now to find out that they're actually like, uh, <laughs> Krishna, yeah, that's yeah, hilarious. Thanks, Ray Capo. <laughs> 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 well, Krishnas can fight too, so <laughs> I know nothing about it. I mean, whatever you be, whatever you yeah, want. Yeah, well, I'm talking about the Krishna scene. Did that ever get into your guys's upstate New York side of things? Uh, I mean, it, it Shelter kind of brought it down here for a little bit because I know one of the guitarists was uh, stationed at a place downtown, but 
the, the, the Krishna side of hardcore never hit DC that I'm, I'm aware of. Like the whole kind of Christian consciousness in like the early 2000s became a huge thing. But uh, I don't know. Did you guys ever have any, a lot of the, the, the religious aspect of hardcore? No, I mean Shelter would come to Buffalo quite a bit, but there's I didn't I don't recall like there was no I didn't see a lot of people dressed up like that. No, no nobody. You know, Rob there did six months, and that was about it. <laughs> yeah, my my robes are in the closet, but uh, no, I, I remember that people talked about it. I'm, Greg, we had conversations with Justin about it, but I don't think there were bands in Buffalo. I mean, like sh- maybe Shelter, but um, is that the is that the band that Schmoyer joined, or was no, it no, different? Sh- no. That's okay. up front. Oh, up front. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> That's cool. My my knowledge of Hari Krishna is from the movie Airplane. Airplane. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. I swear to God. Like. Yeah, me too. Arthur Tambourine. I'm on Buddhism. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I had a note here about the song Fugitive. I said, it sounds like it should be an after school special. And it's a song you hear as a tough guy drives up in his Firebird. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you got to play some of it. Yeah. yeah. Like Todd from Beavis and Butthead. Oh, yeah. yeah. What's up, guys? You can be smoke beer in my best jeans. <laughs> my best jeans? <laughs> Yeah! Come in a body bag, Johnny! <laughs> That's right. Sweep the leg. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to play the whole thing, but that was that was my. <laughs> I get where you're. Yeah, where you're going with that? It just—it's funny because you have songs like that, which are almost like pop metal. I think yeah. it's you know, it's almost. <laughs> How is that on a hardcore album? Right. <laughs> yeah. And you have songs yeah. like you know. Well, uh, then and now, I'd say playing yeah. then, then and now Death afterwards yeah. is like, you know, then, it's like yeah. a it's basic awesome. 80s. It's, you know, there's... Yeah. Great, though. I mean, I, you know, hey, good on them for actually writing, like, some you know, unique stuff. But at the same time, it's like, where where is this coming from? Yeah. This does not sound like yeah. the rest of the album <laughs> yeah, at well, all. When you hear New York Hot Cool, you, right. you don't expect yeah. and then this. That, and it's like... That's not... What? What's going on here? Is this Gromax? No. It's thriller. <laughs> <laughs> that did sound like thriller, actually. Yeah, right. <laughs> thriller. Yeah, it did. <laughs> so what are the, what is Keith? There was a whole thing about some legal issues with the singer. Oh and- well, okay. There's been this, the the many breakups of this band have, have just. I mean, it is a fucking train wreck to to, <laughs> to just read over and watch. For the most part, there was uh you know uh John Joseph the the, the original lead singer he was not on this album came back for the following two um he and the original drummer got back together and got you know other people to fill in on guitar and bass and have been playing for a while there was a reunion with that harley was involved in like in 98 i think they released an album i think in 2000 but pretty much that turned into another train wreck of course uh because john and harley just you know, they're, they're, they both want the spotlight. I, you know, I, I can't go into the details because it is both sides of this. It's hilarious to read both of their opinions. For the most part, right now, one article I was just reading earlier today was stating how John just refuses to even talk about it now. Like, you bring it up, one, he's going to just explode. 
because he's going to be so angry instantaneously and just start like saying, I'm done with it. I'm done with it. And then he's going to go off for 10 minutes about how done with it he is. <laughs> uh, but one way or another, um, uh, his band, I think this happened in 2012 or 14, something like that. The Cro-Mags were showing up uh, to play, a, you know, part of a thing for, for some kind of festival at a New York club. Uh, and Harley showed up, kind of went over, and things went sour very quickly. Um, mm. Harley ended up pulling out a knife and stabbing the bassist. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Jesus wow. Christ. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What the hell? So one way or another... Cops get called. They yank him out. I'm pretty sure he got attempted murder charges. Jeez. Uh, things exactly. This thing went fucking haywire. So it goes to trial, and he won. <laughs> they pretty much <laughs> what? They, they, yeah, they, he, they were like, you know, he was not guilty of any of that stuff. And I don't know how because he literally did stab the guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so things went right haywire, now. and so one way or another, since then, uh, you know, John Joseph and the the drummer have been. Touring and playing all these songs. And that's, you know, as I said it earlier, I'm pretty sure John wrote like lyrics in, uh, Angel Coral stuff, but nothing else. And this album is all Harley, you know, uh, and I believe pretty much Harley was involved in all the songwriting on every single album that got put out under the mm-hmm. Chromag's name. Uh, yeah. And John, you know, even though he said, he said numerous times, like, Oh yeah, we're going to write new stuff. It, it never happens. And it probably doesn't happen because. No one in the band is any good at writing. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, when I, when I t- when I read stuff about like you know what went sour, you know, especially if you read any th- interviews from uh, Paris Mayhew, the guitarist, you know, he's just like fuck that because you know I, th- I think this was his last album. Does anybody remember off the top of their heads? I think that is right. Yeah, he used to have a website that was. Uh, it's probably not up anymore, but it's, it was. It just actually like is a- still up. The multiple page manifesto of just like every single complaint the guy has. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's seriously like, you know, I mean, we, we've, you know, from the metal side of things, we've all seen, you know, the, the, the train wreck of Megadeth every other album. Right. Uh, <laughs> this is, this is a train wreck that has been continuously going between these two. <laughs> so one way or another, uh, Harley finally sued them for rights to the name because they've been selling merchandise over stuff that he feels he's owed on uh, because he wrote all the fucking shit. So Harley won. So uh, for the next two months, um, both of them can use the Cro-Mags name. And then after that, uh, John Joseph's band is then going to be Cro-Mags J.H. Or J. <laughs> it's like the wow. initials of the two guys. And it's like, how oh the fuck gosh. do you write that? Or how do you, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. I don't understand. Apparently when they came out of the, the, the courtroom, cause this, this fucking went to trial. This was a lawsuit that, that Harley filed against these guys. <laughs> they felt good and solid that they could put it behind them and just continue to perform. And, uh, <laughs> I don't get it because I don't think that Harley has any intention of even performing any of this stuff. I mean, well, he weird. was doing. He was well. He was Super doing weird. Harley's War, which is his own kind of. You know, I've heard of that. Yeah. yeah, but I don't know if that has been going on for at least a decade. And I don't know. Maybe he is planning on trying to play some Chromag stuff. I'd imagine, considering he sings this entire album, it might be that he's doing a tour of this album or something like that. Yeah, but yeah, you know, hmm. it's 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 a train wreck, <laughs> and it's beautiful, it's like. It, Trust me, just <laughs> Google, you know, Cro-Mags, you know, infighting, 
and you will they, you yeah, will I, have I, you will have seriously a week and a half of nonstop I, bullshit I, to read. I but, did that. That's why I asked you to summarize it. <laughs> but John Joseph can't be making more than beer money off of this at this point. Yeah, though. they played they played here last year. I think it was like the Pinch or something. Yes, like really small place. It was yeah. So how many people were there? You know, thirty. Thirty. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh, we must have uh, been there. <laughs> Rob and I debated going until we looked and saw who was on the. You know, we didn't even know who was in the band. Basically. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, wow. well, besides yeah. John, I mean, I'm pretty. The original drummer is the other guy, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pete Hines, yeah, Pete who Hines, plays yeah. on this record, was is not the original guy. Ah. He he was just on this record. Yeah, yeah. It's too bad because their legacy, like you, you know, you can't find these records anywhere. You can't find them on the internet anywhere. I mean, you have to know the band, and it's just sad because you know, like, I mean, part of it's profile. I think profile just put these guys under the rug, but part of it is just the band can't get their shit together to the point where they can actually. You know, they just realize like just preserve the legacy. Whatever you're making now is not important. Just right. you know, you have yeah. two really strong records and just push them out there and keep them out there. Yeah. So you heard this album once, Eric? Is that what you said with this on this one? Yeah, I listened to it once. It was like two days See? ago. <laughs> oh, that I know. song. The last song on the album is so oh, oh, yeah, good. Yeah, I mean, it's, Jesus, it's, got, I wonder if that actually was written during the Age of Coral stuff and it just didn't make it onto that album. Well, I wondered about that because yeah. the name of the song, but. I mean, that's not the first oh, time man. that's done, obviously, but mm-hmm. play it's possible. It's like five minutes long, and yeah. John probably went, no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Too long. <laughs> it's almost yeah. got like a Slayer vibe. Yeah, I can hear that. That is fucking awesome. <laughs> And we didn't really talk about the production, but it's actually really good. It's good. It's yeah. vastly Sounds improved good. from Age of Coral. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's good the bass sound, tone is good way drum better. sound, really good drum yeah. sound, actually. Yeah. I thought the drums on this album particularly stuck out. Like we, I remember yeah. that was like a notable thing when it came out, like how good the drums were for like a you know hardcore metal record yeah. at the time. Yeah. Yeah, I like the style, too. What's that, well, Joe? Was it a record? Is it anybody that we know that produces? Oh, I don't know. I, I was just going to say, Wikipedia just told me this was recorded <laughs> at the same studio as the Leeway record. Oh, interesting. Oh, how about that? <laughs> yeah, you can hear that. Let's see if it says who their producer was. I'm sure, it says Chris it. Williamson. Yeah, Chris. Same Williamson. guy. Same guy. Same guy. Same really? guy on both oh, records. Really? Yep. That's super that's weird. Funny. I will not pretend or claim to know that until just now, but it does. Sound, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's that's great. crazy. It's really great. The thing about being on a podcast, you should always proclaim that you knew that already. <laughs> <laughs> Here's something you guys didn't know. It's, it's not a college paper. I can edit this. Uh, yeah. yeah. I can make it sound like you knew this all. Wow, Rob. That's, I can't believe that. You, you know so <laughs> no, much can, about all this old hardcore stuff. We can do this over. Like, okay, so who produced this album? <laughs> That would be Chris Williamson, and believe it or not, he recorded or he reproduced the Leeway record. Also, it's incredible. Oh my god! Fucking amazing. <laughs> Both of awesome. them sound so good. <laughs> Your knowledge is deep. You're a genius, <laughs> like a savant. Yeah. Both of these we, albums, uh, they, they, I kind of missed the '80s. Listening to these albums because they were yeah. kind of straightforward metal. There wasn't anything too flashy, which I liked. The drums were 
really good, but not over the top. They weren't like, mm-hmm. look at how great I am. They were just really good drums, mm-hmm. good riffs. I mean, it was just good, straightforward, thrash, hardcore metal. And I kind of miss that. Yeah. I mean, nowadays it's all like, look what I can do. Look how fast I am. Look at, look at my double bass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's more about <laughs> it is more about how fast I can play, and you know, this was the actual like, song. Yeah, this is yeah. badass. It was good. Uh, so are we closing with Soundgarden? Or are we closing with Faith No More? I would definitely say of oh, those two. I mean, Faith. I mean, real thing is by far just kicks the living shit out of Soundgarden. So it's a better album. No, let's so. let's let's end on the high note and we'll talk about we'll, Soundgarden. we'll talk about Soundgarden. That's fine. I wouldn't. Say so it kicks the shit out of it. Oh, obliter- oh, it's an <laughs> obliteration, man. What are you kidding? <laughs> that's a little, that's a stretch. Ridiculous. So, uh, <laughs> Soundgarden, Louder Than Love. Play a little bit of this song because it's the best song ever. Oh, yeah. One of their best songs ever, actually. Yeah, no doubt. This song is amazing. But uh, while I play that, I find, uh, I don't really have to find this. It's, I know this band pretty well, but. Uh, Obviously, Chris Cornell on vocals and rhythm guitar, Kim Thiel on lead guitar, Hiro Yamamoto on bass, and Matt Cameron on drums. Matt Cameron is now actually in Pearl Jam. He's been in Pearl Jam for quite some time. Uh, But yeah. This song is... Oh, God. Oh, yeah. (laughs) This is why I said this Faith and War doesn't blow this away, because... Because this song is on the album. This song is phenomenal. What are you talking about? Yeah. And, oh, yeah, and yeah. Hands All Over and Loud Love and Big Gun Sex. Yeah. yeah it's, a, it's a fantastic album. Uh, this was the first album of theirs that I, I mean, not that I heard, but that I, I think from this album onward in their discography. This was like their first. Out. No, Ultra no. Mega Okay was there. Oh, there's a one yeah. or four. All right. Didn't they have an EP? Yeah. yeah. Was that the EP? Uh, no, they had two EPs, um, yeah. Screaming Life and Fop, and, and, then, yeah. uh, and then Ultra Mega Okay was their sort of debut, and this is their second record. Yeah. This is like their first, this is for me, like. The first really good one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Is that all you had to say, Joe? <laughs> It is. Okay. Well, All right. Faith no more then. Dominate <laughs> <laughs> discussion like that, guys. Sorry. No, right. I, I was I was trying to think when the first time I heard Soundgarden was. I don't know if it was was it like a hard and heavy or something we saw them on? Because I don't know if it was MTV. Usually it's it's Headbangers Ball, but it was MTV for me for sure. Was it okay? I, I'm, I unless was, Greg will say different. I can't remember. I just remember I think, this album being very hyped, and that like my brother went to Cabbages and got it on cassette tape and brought it home to listen to it because it was like either in like the rock and roll magazines or MTV mm-hmm. or something like that. Like because it was you know like a new heavy thing to listen to that was supposed to be different. Right. Yeah. And would you agree with that? Did you what, agree with that? No, I think initially I was <laughs> underwhelmed by it. Right. <laughs> well, that's, I'll agree. I actually wasn't into this album that much until yeah. I really got into them with Bad Motorfinger, and then I kind of went back. And this. Oh no, this Bad album. Motorfinger is like I yeah. that's just completely like when like when this album came out. I remember like coming home. My brother had it. He's like we got we listened to it and we're like yeah, loud love that song was pretty good. The rest of it's kind of droney. Doesn't really this song doesn't go anywhere. When Bad Motorfinger came out, I have a visceral memory of. My cousin, like coming over to my house with the, the disc, he's like, "We have to listen to this right now as loud as possible because it's yeah. amazing." <laughs> and he was—it's yeah. like a different, wholly different 
like album. It is, yeah. Yeah, it's another yeah. level. I mean, we that, could do a whole podcast on that one record, probably. That's my yeah. favorite Soundgarden album because it's so more yeah. metal. You me know, too. Like, it's their it's best everything. album. Yeah, me too. I mean, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> Super Unknown is your favorite, Joe? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good album, too. That's that's yeah. neck and neck, but I think Bad Motorfinger is a little bit better. I think so. What year did Bad Motorfinger come out? Was it 91? 91. 91, yeah. yeah. 91. It was just before the Black Album. So that's <laughs> the Black right. Album came out. Actually, so like, Soundgarden, whoop. <laughs> actually, I remember I was looking for the Black Album at one of the, I think it was at Springfield Mall. I went in to buy that. And um, the whoever, the, the girl that worked there was, she said something like, if, if you like that album, you need to hear this. And she held up. Bad motor finger. He's oh, really? amazing. It's like, no, whatever. Get out of here. <laughs> oh, and, uh, um, yeah, she was right. I mean, I mean, I, I'll, I'll kind of agree with Greg a little bit because I, I do think that there are some songs on this album that do drone on a little bit. Like, yeah, get on the snake and like it kind of once power trip after the snake. Power trip, yeah, I'm not a yeah, fan of that. I it's agree. like Power Trip, Get on the Snake, Fallen Kevin's Mom. Those three songs yeah. are like, all right, all right. And then Loud Love definitely like, oh, that's good. Yeah, that's a dip in quality. Yeah, yeah. And the no first wrong three songs right, are fantastic. Kinda, mm. but, oh, yeah. Um, and then it ends yeah. ends pretty well, too. I mean, Big Dumb Sex is awesome. Uh, yeah. Uncovered. The bass player even playing that song, right? Did he? I didn't know that. Like, what was that? They said he got mad. Well, mad which which bassist? The one that recorded or the one that toured? Yeah. Well, they, they got Ben oh. Shepard. Uh, yeah, after. Ben. Ben Shepard, I think, changed the direction of this band. I think he wrote a lot of the stuff on uh, see, Bad yeah. Motorfinger too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but he um, wasn't on the tour for this album. It was they got like the guy from guy Nirvana. Was in Nirvana. No, no, Greg. I remember. I remember reading an Jason interview. Jason Everman. He said yeah. that well, the, the bass player that ended up in the military. Was on the album, he he said he hated that song so much. Like, oh, really? <laughs> like playing it live, he didn't appreciate that it was a, like a spoof on. Motley Crue type of songs, you know? No. <laughs> it's catchy, though. Yeah, it is catchy. <laughs> I love that it, it's that, that's the great thing about that song is it, instead of the innuendo, they just come out and say, right. hey, you know. I'm going to fuck you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> how yeah. much more blatant so, can you be? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, but, but so just I, what I was saying, I was underwhelmed by this. It was That was just my initial impression of it. Like later on, as you know, got more you know a couple of years later i really appreciate that that's a good album but just at the time of like when it came sure. out 89 yeah. it was just not metal enough i mean not fast yeah. enough maybe oh yeah absolutely i agree with you 100 percent. we yeah. were on the quest to find all metallica style stuff and it was like this isn't it right yeah. <laughs> right and if you think about when ben shepherd came into the band a lot of their riffs were much more bass driven so i could definitely see him writing a lot yeah, yeah. just look at yeah, rusty yeah. cage like it I mean, the, the bass. God, that's all. Huge on that song. Oh, yeah. 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 There's nothing like that really on this album. Nope. I think they're still trying to find, you know, what kind of band they're going to be. I mean, <clears throat> yeah, yeah I think so a, too. It's a, great, it's a great setup record for, for Bad Motorfinger. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Greg, Greg's right. It's a great record standing on its own, but I, I don't think any of us like put it on and was like, holy crap. Well, it's not. Yeah, it's not an album I go back to often. Like if I'm listening to Soundgarden, I put on Bad Motorfinger or Super Unknown. Like those are the two I put on. So, but But this isn't also like not you know in the evolution of this. Like it doesn't go this album to Bad Motorfinger because in between, like the guy from Mother Love Bone dies, and then they write the uh, Temple of the Dog record. So Cornell writes all that music. True. Before is like a bridge to get to. 
um, Bad Motor Finger. I hadn't thought about that. That's a good point. That's true. He wrote all yeah. the stuff for Temple of the Dog? Well, he wrote most of it. I mean, him and then the other guys that came in. But the, it started as a project where he comes back from the tour from... He's roommates with... The guy that died. And... Andrew yeah. Wood. Yeah. yeah, so he comes back from the tour for this album, and he died, I guess, something like that, I think. And so then he winds up writing the album, a couple songs, or maybe while he's finishing the tour, and then he gets uh, the other guys from the band involved, and then they wind up recording that album. Yeah. That's a great album. But the songs on Not that right. album are just phenomenal, I mean, yeah. I think. the uh, yeah. I don't. I, I bet if I had heard that, this album in 89, I, I probably wouldn't have been that much into it either. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. it's weird. <laughs> it's really weird. Yeah, <laughs> but it has some of their best songs. Period on it. Oh yeah, the if, song if "Loud Love." Best of, like Greg yeah. was mentioning, the song "Loud Love." That song itself—that's an amazing song. Um, yeah, and "Hands All Over." Yeah, "Hands All Over" is fantastic. Fucking yeah. Great. Yeah, "Loud Love" I just, was like I, I made a note. I, I hate when people say the whole grunge thing, but if I was going to introduce someone to like, what's a song I should listen to to get into like that '90s or you know that the whole alternative grunge-ish. I might say this song, because it's got that whole, like, Seattle sound to it. It does, yeah. It's a very... Like, like it's raining outside, and it's, <laughs> yeah. it's like a dark. <laughs> yeah, but it has that... Just that vibe. And your best friend just yeah. overdosed on heroin. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know that vibe. Yeah. Yeah, I, that. It does suck that, like, you know, pretty much... Everyone from the scene except Eddie Vedder is now dead. Yeah. Singer-wise, right? Singer-wise, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not everyone. <laughs> Not everyone. You know, what I mean. you, you know what this record is like? It's like you watch a TV show and like a Game of Thrones and you, you come in the next day to work to talk about it and you're like, man, I really like this show. And then you talk about it for like half an hour and you're like, wait, I actually did like this show. I just didn't think I did. You know what I mean? You listen to these songs and you're like, damn, that song is great. That song yeah. is great. But yeah. nothing jumped out. I remember when I listened to it, I mean, it was probably at Greg's house actually, is that nothing jumps out at you like, like I mean, I hate to keep, keep talking about Bad Motorfinger, yeah. but there are songs in there that just grab you and just, yeah. you're yeah. like, holy shit. Where on this, you know, I mean, obviously having 30 years to, to listen to it is you know, they build. It's a build, I think. It's like yeah. you, you mm-hmm. listen to it and you're like, man, that is a great song. But when yeah. you're listening to it the first time, you know, it's like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, what's what's We kind of talked about how, like, you have to twist into form some of the albums. And then there's yeah. albums that are, like, like full albums that you have to hear to kind of appreciate, whereas other so- other albums have songs that stand out. Right. This yeah. is more of a... This is one you sit through all the way and listen to. We... Eric and I listened to it coming back from Pittsburgh last week. Yeah. All the way through. Yeah. yeah. Kind of, it, it's more appreciable. This, this album, I think is, you can appreciate it more if you, if you start to start to finish with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also think like, I, I grew in appreciation for this when, so I think it was when bad Motorfinger came out, they were on a Soundgarden was on a tour with guns and roses, like as yeah. an opener for a stadium tour. And they did like a simulcast that I, I bought, like the, you know, you could buy the pay-per-view. Right. And, and they came out and played like hands all over was like maybe like the first or second song. And like, just seeing it, like, like the way they played it live with Ben Shepard yeah. playing it on bass and just the overall thing of it, maybe like, I got to revisit that album. That's why yeah. I put back and listen to it. Yeah. I've had that. I don't know if you guys have had that experience with and, and similar with a band where like, I didn't like their recorded work. And then I saw them live and something about it just changed the way I look at the band. I like them much more after I see them yeah. live. 
Yeah, I've had that. I can't think of an example, but I have definitely that's not definitely happened to me. I can think yeah. of the, the the adverse of that. <laughs> I, w- I went and saw the queers, and they oh, suck so you're... bad. I'm just like, I'm done with that band. Oh yeah, there's lots of live bands. That, that, I mean, a lot of bands that suck live. I uh, yeah. I'll tell you what band did it for me. For that was Metallica, but Metallica the later like I went and saw um, the Death Magnetic tour on my own because Greg wouldn't come with me. Like nobody <clears> or none of my friends were like, man, I don't want to go. Actually, I remember seeing Eric up in the front, like on the floor, like going crazy, and I was sitting up in the seats. I just remember, <laughs> oh, okay. I remember seeing you at that show. But I went, yeah, we were on the rails. I went by myself yeah. because for me, I was like, I'm over Metallica. They're not going to make, um, they're not making music that's worth a shit anymore. And I walked out of that show, and I was like, holy shit. And I went back and listened <laughs> to that record again. And I mean, I it definitely like what Greg said. Like you, you sort of marry that live experience with especially what I'd just seen mm-hmm. with songs that were sort of unremarkable, but yeah. um, just blew me away after hearing them live. And we, Greg and I saw him in, um, in New York for that big four show. And same thing. I mean, James Hatfield just, it, he's still, yeah. he just owns the entire, the whole stadium. And so it's yeah, insane. Definitely same thing that, that happened. <laughs> How many bands that we love though are like, there's so much better live, you know, a lot. Yeah. Well, I mean, Zach Wilde is like the perfect example of that. If you ever seen Black Label Society live, I don't listen to any Black Label Society albums, but I no. would see them live in a heartbeat because they're <laughs> really? fucking amazing. Oh yeah. Zach Wilde live is so good. Best, like, best show I've ever been in my life still is that Pride and Glory show. Yeah. His, wow. He had a band called Pride and Glory back wow. in Wow. One album. One off album. One album. Oh my 94. God, they were so good. But he Light puts on either. an amazing show. Like I, I saw them last year with, with Clutch and it was like, okay, I'll, I'll see them. And I was like, my God, they almost, I mean, they didn't blow away Clutch, trust me, but no. <laughs> they put on a fantastic show. <clears throat> they were the second best band there. Because yeah. I saw him play with, uh, they had that Wankathon last year where it was him and uh, Steve Vai and Ingve Malmsteen for some reason. Oh, and Nito Benicourt. <laughs> well, oh my God. The guy from <laughs> Animals as Leaders. Not like the other, right? But, but um, yeah. like I, I, I was most looking forward to seeing him because I'd never seen him play. And I, I was disappointed with what, what he did. I just oh, it really? wasn't. Because he, I, I, I think he was definitely a showman, own, but he yeah. didn't like really, like Nuno Benicourt blew everybody away. No. Well, yeah, he's he's a fantastic guitar player. <laughs> All right. But I will see Black Label when they come around. Are they, they have a new album coming out or something like that. Probably. I don't keep like up. I said, I don't I don't keep up with them. But I, where was I, Alex Skolnick when you needed him? <laughs> he's in that. What's that band that is? He was in the Trans Siberian Orchestra. Yeah. Right? <laughs> well, I think our introduction to Soundgarden was actually a live recording. So I think we heard him on um, Metal, Metal Shop. Shop. Yeah, or it might have been that Westwood One Radio Network oh, yeah, concert yeah, series yeah. thing. God, I yeah, love and that there was, in the day. Yeah, and they did like a basically Soundgarden, Faith No More, and Voivod were touring, so they did That's like crazy. a triple show of all three bands, and we heard Soundgarden live, and they played Gun. And we were like, "What the fuck wow. is this?" And we we're like, <laughs> "Oh, well, we're buying this tomorrow," because they yeah. played Gun, they played uh, Hands All Over. Uh, loud love. It was like okay, four, they got four songs, and all four of them were awesome because they're the four best songs on the album. We need right. to mention about Gun. What is the, probably the most interesting thing about the song is that the tempo just builds, yeah, crescendo at the end, and yeah, it's not like a time change. It just gets steadily fat, faster and faster, and by the end, it's just it's just fucking going crazy. You know, but then it ends super heavy. It slows back down yeah. again. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, and even the drums get really, really simple, which is awesome. They're just like I can't think of another awesome. song in our genre that we talk about that is even 
approaches anything like that. Yeah, I don't know. I think about that. Yeah, I don't know. It just sure it's slow. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to something. describe it. It's like a snowball, you know? Yeah, yeah. I was trying to find a clip because when they play it live, it's even slower. Yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and that, that's it's what like, we heard. Dun, 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 it was for one thing, dun, and it was like, yeah, what? Okay, we're buying that. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> wow! <laughs> 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 Ridiculous. <laughs> this is a uh, 1990 button. <laughs> God. I think the reason you don't hear that a lot in music, um, like Joe was saying, is two words: Matt Cameron. That guy. Yeah, is, yeah. He's talking about him. Yeah. The rest Probably of this time, talking about him. <laughs> was amazing he's, rock metal, whatever you want to call him, drummers. Incredible. I've ever. I mean, well, the yeah. next two drummers. I mean, yeah. they're both really yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I guess Matt Cameron's a little bit better, yeah. but I don't, I, think, I, I don't know. I don't know. They, they, both of them are freaking talented. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's come Ridiculous. back to that when we talk about Mike Gordon. All right, yeah. that's fine. I just was curious. Like, I was just listening to another album that he's on today. It doesn't matter who's better, but I just was curious what the <laughs> what the drummer thought. <laughs> oh, me? me? Yeah, you. Me? I've paid more attention to Mike Gordon than I have in terms of like studying his beats and trying to yeah, figure yeah. out what the fuck he's doing. Because <laughs> Mike Gordon's yeah. weird. <laughs> yeah, he plays weird. He's got the drums yeah. that are like. <laughs> like yeah. watching him live you're like what is happening pointing straight up like <laughs> hey, what's going on right now yeah well i used to, i mean when i was young i played drums when i when i even when i started getting the metal i was still playing drums and not that i'm any good at drums but um i can see there's there's some drummers you can watch even as a non-drummer or maybe you know a little bit about the drums and you're like i don't even like comprehend how they could do that and yeah, both yeah. Of we just we just saw Matt one. Cameron and Mike Borden were just like mm-hmm. that's. I, I yeah. don't know what you're doing. I see what you're doing. <laughs> it <laughs> shouldn't be humanly possible. I see it, but I right. don't believe it. <laughs> I mean, li- li- listen to the beginning yeah. of Jesus Christ pose. I mean, oh, that's yeah. insane. Oh, yeah. Insane. Yeah. I have no idea what he's doing. Yeah. I hear it. I don't know. But I think I mean, there's parts of Steely Dan songs where I'm like that too. I mean, there's a lot of yeah. ridiculous drummers. You know? I think there was a Soundgarden song on the um, the Guitar Hero Metallica game, and you, you could do a Soundgarden on Expert Plus, and it was it was impossible. I bet there's somebody on YouTube that's mastered it. Probably, but I was like, what? No, that's not possible. You can't put your... No. 
No. Let's see if this is any good. This is from 92. Five or six minutes. Yeah. Yeah, right. You know who could play that? Who's that? Mike Uh-oh. Borden. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've transitioned into our final record of the evening. <laughs> segue. Yeah, that's a good yeah. segue. Yeah, we can talk about Faith No More. That's good. We spend a good amount of time on the. Yeah, I'd say summer. so. Yeah. So, yeah, Faith No More. I got to pull some, some Faith No More up. Just don't, don't uh, play Epic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's a great me. song, but it, yeah, it's been overplayed. I'm sure every one of us who who reviewed this album went back and listened to skip that song. <laughs> <laughs> what did they play that? No, yeah. but I still I still like it. Yeah, I still love it too, but I, I mean, I could stand to skip it sometimes. Yeah, it's a bit overplayed, just a tad. <laughs> Uh, it's Mike Sorry. Patton on vocals. Jim he's Martin, twelve years old. On the huh? <laughs> he that? sounds twelve years old in this album. Yeah, he's got a very That's nasally, a weird voice. Well, Definitely, a you know, different vocal pattern than uh, the next album. But uh, Jim Martin on guitar, Bill Gould bass, Roddy Bottom on keyboards, and obviously Mike Borden on the drums. Now, Eric, when you played that part, the yeah. intro of that song, all I hear is Billy Gould. Like, I his love base it. Is, so oh, yeah. I love yes. it. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of speaking about, do we have three bases on this uh, podcast? Yes. Oh yeah, we're 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 fully outnumbered Holy by bases. It is the coolest. Base. Normally you are anyway, but still. It, oh. you know, well, yeah, we were we were even until Joe came back. That, like, that distorted. Am I? What's the non-bass player thought of that? Because god damn, that bass is. Fucking right in your face. I just I just love his sound exactly. I don't mean I don't know what effects or whatever the hell he uses but holy crap if i could emulate well this was uh produced by matt wallace um didn't he do like oh yeah he's done guns? lots of lots of stuff was he a guns roses guy or am i crazy he might have been also we, we didn't mention holy. it but terry date produced that soundgarden album oh did he really yeah oh that's funny i didn't know that yeah dude i just hit this yeah. guy dude he did rem he did everlast he did the monkeys he did all of Faith No More. The Monkeys? Yeah. Paul Westerberg, uh, Maroon 5, Spin Doctors. <laughs> Ooh, nice. That's why that bass is no. so uh, up in the front. <laughs> when I was listening to this, this this morning, I was thinking that when I heard the bass, it reminded me of like, it's got to be like like corn. Like definitely listen to this and was like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, it, you oh, can hear that sound there for all yeah. that kind of music. Yeah, no, it's, it's funny you should say that because um, I was on our Wikipedia. There's a whole thing about how... Uh, yeah, Fieldy from Corn was heavily influenced by by Faith No More. Like, well, there's one song that it sounded like it sounded to me almost like that. Like I can't. What, it's like the third or fourth song that starts with the bass. Doo, 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 oh, doo, falling doo, to pieces. Oh, falling to pieces. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. You know Billy Gould was they, he was trying to emulate uh, a Gregorian chant. Oh really? Yeah. With this this thing? Yeah. Huh. I didn't know that. <laughs> That's funny. It's just a hammer on the open A string with the one. So, as long as we're talking about this song, 
we can talk about Epic for a second, but obviously there was the big controversy with Epic when they released the video because at the end they had the the fish out of water flopping around and oh, yeah. Peta was all pissed off. And so the next video, I don't know if you guys remember oh, yeah, the video. I forgot about that. I remember when they were exploding fishes? Yes, yes. There were fake fishes exploding everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, fuck you guys. We're going to blow fish up now. How many like that? Do we want to talk about how, like, before we get into the actual music, like how uh, this band reveled in pissing people off? I mean, <laughs> and I don't know how much Mike Patton and Roddy Bottom, but leading the charge, but they that's, were absurd people. That's one of the reasons Jim Martin thing. left. That's I, that I, mean, I imagine. Yeah. One of the reasons Jim Martin left was because he's like, these guys are dicks to their fans. Uh, <laughs> he's like, I, yeah. don't, I don't like this. He, so. I mean, okay. Mike Patton, I'm pretty sure poured a bottle of piss on his head on stage. Right. Or did he, I think I he actually something. handed his piss to, Concert no, it, people were throwing piss bottles at him on stage because they did not like the band. I think it was in Spain. And wow. he picked up a bottle and just dumped it on his head. <laughs> Sounds like Mike nice. Patton. <laughs> yeah, he's a weird dude, and he's not he's outspoken. He's not gonna shy away from saying whatever he wants, you yeah. know. Like, so who here liked this album the first time they heard it? The oh, I did time. for sure. I did. I did yeah. not know what to think of this album. <laughs> No, yeah. In fact, so I was going to talk about that. This was another Todd album we got from our, mm-hmm. our cousin-in-law, got Todd. It, got it in the mail we got <laughs> for free. Yep. We got this and Frizzle Fry at the same time. Yeah. Frizzle <laughs> yeah, Fry by like, Primus. Yeah. And we listened to both albums and we're, we're like, like, well, there's two the good f- songs combined on yeah. those two albums. We like, really? Surpri- <laughs> Surprise You're Dead and Too Many Puppies. Like, yeah. Those are the only two good songs. In yep. You guys are too much we were so, Yeah. We were so metal. Like, oh, this isn't metal. This is metal. These this two whiny. His vocals are too nasally and whiny. Yeah. We turned around pretty quickly. Though, yeah, I I, like, let's keep I, playing. So I had I had the exact same Primus situation. Like I went out expecting a metal album, got sailing yeah. sailing seas, bought it home. Was like, what the fuck did I? <laughs> right. What are they doing? On? Why would you do that? Where is the distortion? There isn't exactly. any distortion in this song. Oh, you fucking asshole! <laughs> and Faith and More like all these keyboards and the vocals are weird. It, it was definitely like a bizarre. What do you call land. this? I mean, pop pop metal like. Funk metal. You know, it actually there's some of this that know. sort of reminded me of like Living Color because we were we were into Living Color at the time. Yeah, just with yeah. a little more edge, and so I I loved it right out of the box. I the bass the bass was the, what hmm. did it for me. So we didn't we didn't mention this was the first album to feature Mike Patton. Oh yeah, um, Chuck Mosley was on their previous yeah. two albums. Right, introduce yourself and we care a lot. I wanted to add in when, when I got into the, was, was on this album when it, I think it was probably 89. Cause I read an article and I don't know if it, I don't remember what the metal magazine was, but <clears throat> they were featured in it. And I, I hadn't even heard Epic. And I, okay. I read about them and how the, the, the guy who wrote the article said they were, they, you know, how different they were. And, uh, so I just, I remember I bought this the same, at the same time as I bought the new order. Oh, wow. And, uh, about those tapes and you know, I loved both of them immediately. Hmm. And then, then I started to hear Epic constantly, but, uh, yeah, of course. So, um, so I was like huge into Faith the More immediately. And I remember in high school, I had a Faith the More t-shirt and all my fucking idiot metalhead friends (laughs) made fun of me for it. And I was like, fuck you, man. They're awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if, 
I don't even know if it was friends with Keith we, yet. Yeah, I, we I, weren't. I, we weren't at the same high school at the time, but you, we and I did not know. I was still in the, the, the you know, shitheads. Probably singing a different <laughs> tune when Angel Dust came out, though, right? I still don't own that album. Oh, I, I what? Yeah, I know, I know. That's their I, best just, album by exactly. far. You've heard it? You've heard oh, it, right? of course. Okay. <laughs> fucking kidding me. No, yeah, I mean, that's yeah, the only I thing. Just, I, like, I, 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 how I've, that album has, I mean, that's the whole thing. Especially, especially, man, late 90s, the Columbia Record Club. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. man, I did that, like, all the time. Just That's how I got the real thing, as a matter of fact. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I even had the uh, You Fat Bastards like soon oh, after yeah. I got this tape. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know how long after it came out. The VHS. Um, VHS, yeah, yeah, yeah. The VHS cassette. Right. That was like <laughs> a year later, at least, I think. <laughs> that wasn't the same as the Brixton Academy, right? Or was it? That isn't, yeah. That's okay. the same show? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I was yeah. I was all in with this band like way early. Yeah, he's uh, he, Mike Patton's a weird dude. I was <laughs> I told you guys before the podcast, go watch the video for from out of nowhere and just watch him dancing around yeah <laughs> i gotta i gotta wonder what he thinks about that when mike Patton looks back on that video because man he is <laughs> flailing, flailing around like a goofy yeah. little bastard <laughs> <laughs> he was really young yeah yeah he was so uh, on wikipedia it says uh they <laughs> continue to advance their sound range combining thrash funk hip-hop progressive rock Progressive rock, synth pop, carousel music, and hard rock. I guess <laughs> Car- carousel I music. Carousel is more in the Mr. Time, Bungle stuff, but yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> right. the first time I've ever heard carousel music. Is as that even part of a descriptive for a band? Yeah, that's weird. For a band, yeah. <laughs> the song "Epic" has sixty-one million streams on Spotify. Holy shit! <laughs> From a for a nineteen eighty-nine song, that's not bad. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, the production of this album is weird. It's very 80s. Weird? Yeah, weird. It's very tinny. Like, mm. very tinny. And the, the keyboards are so prominent. I don't know that if you, once you start hearing it, you can't unhear it. Like you, I remember watching the video yeah. and I'm like, why is the keyboard player in this so much? And, and, and then I was like, wow, <laughs> yeah. you can't, you hear it in every song. It's like so right in the front. Yeah. I mean, I guess so is the bass. So I'll take it, but. Yeah. But yeah, right. I mean, that's a, this was the one band like when they when all of a sudden Epic hit and just like wait, the fuck is playing piano? Why doesn't he have yeah. a guitar in? Yeah. And then you realize that you know <laughs> they actually have a keyboard player and it's it's you know not yeah. it, Anderson Buford Wakeman Howe or whatever you know it's like oh my god <laughs> piano and they fucking did it right you know this was a band that actually yeah. brought back an instrument that really hadn't been used on the metal end of things and did it right you know i mean yeah oh no one sounded like them at the time at no, all. no. Like, there were plenty of bands that tried to emulate yeah, them you, the, the matter of, of genres that kind of these guys sucked in i mean it's really mm-hmm. impressive as much as you know we talked about you know the whole alternative you know i mean i think we've already talked you know from my perspective alternative wasn't alternative it was metal like all of those bands, except for Nirvana, were metal bands. They were just played slower, and their vocalists, instead of going for high notes, go went for lower ranges. These guys, right. Faith No More, were never. You know, I don't even think they they were part of the alternative bullshit. But this was fucking alternative. I mean, there's no yeah. way or real way <laughs> to describe these guys because they've got so much shit going on that 
as much as you can define the certain elements, there's no way you could kind of encapsulate some specific songs with just, well, <laughs> you know. Yeah. They had, I mean, look, listen to the, listen to the bands they were touring with at, yeah, at the yeah. time. Metallica, Billy Idol, Soundgarden, Voivod, Sacred Reich, Forbidden, <laughs> Primus, Babes in Toyland, and wow. Poison. Yeah, wow. like what those are hell? those are some of the bands. Like the, the, I'm sure the management just didn't know what to do. Like, what do we do with these guys? Who <laughs> yeah. do we put them on tour with? Yeah. Like, what do we? Yeah, what do we sure, but we talked about when we talked about Voivod last last time. Like, this is probably another band where you're like, no, oh, that's Faith No More. Yeah. So pretty. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They don't sound yeah. like anybody else. No, sure. okay. no, yeah, they're they're one of a kind. Absolutely. I I thoroughly enjoyed coming back to this record. I hadn't listened to it in a number of years and it's it does have some 80s, you know, it it's not it doesn't it doesn't age all that well, but I was playing this and my 15-year-old daughter is like from out of nowhere. She's like, "What is the name of that song?" and she like wrote it down. She loved it. So, <laughs> awesome. Interesting. Yeah, it was pretty cool. She listens to like hip hop and whatever, but she she liked the Faith No More, so I can't argue. That's awesome. I still love this album start to finish. Yeah, Underwater exactly. Love is the only song I don't like, but everything yeah. else is great. I like, well, I like it. the bass line a lot. So it's, it's not bad. It's yeah, just, it's the weakest of the album. Exactly. The um, but I mean, God, Zombie Eaters. What about? Wait a minute. Oh my God. The uh, so Woodpecker from Mars. Oh yeah. Yeah. Holy Fucking shit. Like a lot of instrumentals are boring. Jesus Christ, that thing is. That, that <laughs> my note on that, that is that's a great driving song. Yeah, <laughs> it's driving got like, like a Middle Eastern vibe. I mean, I know yeah. I think Joe yeah. was talking about the like the, the chant or the thing and falling to pieces. It's interesting how kind of we used together. Yeah. You know, the drums in this are ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fucking bass. You know, how are we yeah, not just bass, talking yeah. about my the board rhythm yet. section? <laughs> We're getting there. Listen, to that slat. That's just my fingers are bleeding by the end of this song. So yeah, that, uh, yeah, that's and that thing. part that leads into the cover they do very well. Yeah. War pigs, yeah. Again, that vibe. I didn't know Sabbath, so that was new to me. Like War pigs, I was like, oh, this is a good song. I didn't even know it was a Sabbath song. <laughs> uneducated. Are you, was, are you are you kidding? Are you kidding me? You didn't know that? No, Eric's, I didn't know. I didn't. Eric's, Eric's uneducated on Sabbath, woefully. This he's, was <laughs> he's leaving. <laughs> I know now. I mean, I just at well, the time. <laughs> I was 13 years old. I yeah. didn't know my Sabbath yet. He knows now, but he still hasn't <laughs> dug in like he should. He's, he's depriving himself. I am. I am. I know now. It's not like I don't know now. But that was a, but, that's a great cover. It's a great yeah, cover. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the live version is even better because yeah. he does he does this. I have it pulled up. Oh, good. You have a cute. Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I think this is Brixton also. Oh, 
Yeah, I got to hear a little Mike Borden showing off there on the yeah. drums. Oh god. my god, that's yeah. way better than Ozzy last time. I, <laughs> <laughs> I bet. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Did any of you guys go to that Sabbath show? That their last no. one? No. There was no. some songs. He was so off. Um, Chris, Chris, and I were there. We looked at each other during one song. And we're like, I don't even know what song this is. Like, is this a song? Oh man, are they just making this song up right now? Because the band sounded awesome, but he was all over the place. We all saw them the uh, one of the Ozfests, yeah. and they opened with NIB, and I was like, Oh my god, it was, it was really bad. Off key, like off tempo, it was just bad. Like, yeah. dude, retire. Yeah, Fuck and that sake. was a long time ago. That was that was like ten years ago. <laughs> Or more. I think it was 20 years ago. More. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> I think it was. I think it was 98. I'm, old, I'm an older man. So, have you guys seen them live? Yeah, I've never. Anyone? I have not seen I mean, them live. I saw Me videos, either. and well, I always love how, like, Mike Patton seems to not take once. this band seriously. Because he always, just like with that, kind of goes a little sideways. I Yeah. What does he take seriously ever? No, he Nothing. doesn't take anything seriously. No. <laughs> I remember... When we saw them at Hammerjacks, yeah, mm-hmm. um, was it King for a Day? Yeah, King mm-hmm. for a Day. Yeah. And yeah, there was—I think he said at one point, like they played Star AD, maybe. And he was like, "Well, that was terrible." <laughs> <laughs> and none of us knew any better. It sounded good to us, but he yeah, was like, "Right, said, that was terrible." <laughs> and then later in the show, he's like, "Baltimore." Hammerjacks, Hammerjacks. Sounds like a hardcore gay bar. Hammerjacks. Wow, Hammerjacks. I remember that. <laughs> so, did you want to talk about Mike Borden? Isn't this it was the segue to Is he, who's, the, who's the drummer here? Yeah, well, sure. He plays weird. <laughs> All the drums are he's a flat. Like he's a lefty. Not only that, but he has he has, he's, he's lefty, lefty, but he plays. He doesn't cross his arms. Like he'll he'll hit the sim the uh, the hi hat with his yeah. left hand and still hit. Yeah, he doesn't reset very, his drum set. It's right. super. It's weird. He's a right handed drum set, but he's lefty. Yeah, I've never seen. Yeah. Well, the guy in Death Angel did that when we saw them recently. Oh, he that's played true, like yeah. that, but he didn't play with everything flat. Like the the toms are flat. And everything, and he's like yeah. hovering over the, and it's super weird. Like if I got on his drum yeah. set, I go, no, I, I would like hit the side of the drums. <laughs> Sorry, I don't everything's really a rim shot. Can't, can't he kind of has to like yeah. stand up in his yeah, seat. It's really weird. This is Phil. It's bizarro. But he hits really, yeah, really hard, hard. Too. and he's um, f- phenomenal. So um, I'm, I'm going to check my source here first, which is my memory banks. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. So, um, <laughs> no, he plays the drums on Jerry Cantrell's second album, right? Oh, yeah, I oh. think so. Yeah. And does. You would never know unless you okay. get the credits. Huh. True, yeah. Does Rob Trujillo play on one of those Jerry Cantrell albums? Yes, too. Yeah, and so. you probably wouldn't know he's playing bass unless yeah, you look at the credits. Both of them completely change. No, you're right. He does. And they, they both. Say, same thing. Mike Borden, you would. You would never know it was him without looking, because he completely changed his style to fit what Ken Charles was trying to do. Yeah, he, he can definitely do that. <laughs> the guy's well, amazing. I mean, if you want to take that to like the other band we talked about, like go to Soundgarden and look at. Um, or Cameron. 
I mean, Cameron in there playing in Soundgarden versus his work in Pearl Jam. Like, it's, he's not doing any double bass yeah, at yeah. Pearl Jam or, you know, I mean, like, there's nothing like right. that loud or bombastic, but it's still, but it's perfect for, for the music. Yeah. The thing is, I don't associate, a, my knowledge of Pearl Jam is basically the first three and a half albums. If you, if you listen to, um, yeah, if you listen to, is it even flow? Uh, on the on ten, and then you listen to Even Flow on what is it, Greg? Cracked Rear, whatever it is, the greatest hits where Matt Cameron's playing it. It's a different song. Oh wow! I mean, he beats oh, wow. the <laughs> shit out of the drums, and it sounds great. <laughs> well, it's, it's the same way. Like if you listen to any song off of the uh, Bleach of Nirvana album, and then look at Dave Grohl playing oh, yeah. that song live. I mean, it's like a whole different thing. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. totally. Yeah, rear, rear view mirror is if you listen to even flow on rear view mirror, that's Matt Cameron, and if you put on just regular ten, that's the whatever the yeah, dude. Didn't they have like three on. albums of random drummers until finally Matt Cameron just took over? I think it was more than yeah. I think it was. They had yeah. yeah they they, they went back and forth. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He was, there was like a spinal tap position, yeah, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. Him, and then finally <laughs> really Matt Cameron's like, "Yes, I'll do this for you." Yeah. And everybody was not only that. Him. Not only that, their production varied a lot in the first several albums i thought it kind of for me like it, I, I don't really have a sound for them when i think about their songs not that, that i don't like them a lot a lot of their songs but yeah it's hard I, to, I will tell you this and i have greg to thank for this i was never a huge pearl jam fan i mean i liked them i thought versus was their strongest record and greg yeah. me too greg called me a couple years ago and he's like um Hey, I'm going to New York to see Pearl Jam, and my first choice is not available, so you get to come. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, pass. And he's like, come on, I need I need a friend to drive up to see him in Madison. They're playing at Madison Square Garden. I was like, okay. And I went in with very low expectations because, I mean, you know, I, I like them, but I didn't really like them. And I walked away just blown away. Oh, I mean, I, that's one band that I've never seen. I, I will tell you, I mean, it was, you know, I was not planning on going, but it was really, really worth it. Let, I mean, Matt Cameron let, aside. Let, let me explain myself, though. So, <laughs> Pearl Jam, well, because, like, I remember when 10 came out, like, they, they pushed it in my college record store. Like, there was posters all over the place, and I, I didn't yeah. uh, I didn't like it at, at all, really. I thought it was like a hanger-on to that, you know, like, grudge type thing, like, that it wasn't as, as good as, like, Nirvana and things like that. So, I just kind of I, I didn't like Pearl Jam at all for years until um, uh, I got the Sirius Radio and I had like the Pearl Jam channel Pearl Jam Radio yeah and so I started mm-hmm. listening to that just in my car like the last couple of years and it's um, it's all they they do sort of like Metallica they board record all their all their um, all their concerts and then but the Sirius Radio yeah. curates them and they have a guy like who follows them around when they're on tour and like he's like the sportscaster like hey we're at Pearl Jam this day he interviews the people on the rail about how the show was and then they play the live show and so mm-hmm. Pearl Jam is a really really good live band and so the reason I wound up liking them is that the songs like they're best parts of their catalog are not any of the hits that you would hear yeah. you know like with those yeah, huge right. videos on MTV it's all this live stuff and so they're they're like um uh, it's a whole different animal so like when rob and i saw them they played um what was that song that they just pulled out and played that taking it to the streets by they the, doobie brothers? the doobie brothers yeah and it was <laughs> oh, <yeah>. incredible <laughs> oh just anyway i, mean, I was so I happy seen to the, have i have seen that. the doobie brothers live <laughs> <laughs> anyway so just it's listen to the live stuff pull off go on uh and, and pull like one of those like live board recordings and it's good well, I have XM. I should I should probably put that into my 
rotation. It's, it's in my rotation. Yeah, you it's know, one of my one of my um, presets. For sure. I wish they would do a Metallica channel like that. Is there? Is there? They you know like what? No. Sometimes they'll do. They it. do for like when they put new releases out, they'll they'll do like a Metallica yeah. channel, but. They should have one that's just they all probably will But like with all the live recordings from every show, like because it's cool that like for people who are fans to go, like for the Pearl Jam thing, what makes it interesting is this this guy is like when they're on tour, like interviewing fans that like follow the band around. So like in one of the shows, like they interview a guy on the rail and he's like, what do you think of the show? He's like, well, this is the fourth show I've been to on this tour and it's the first time they played Rearview Mirror. It's a little rough. And then you know, like they just like, it goes like into way too much detail. But if you're a huge fan. Right. You know, I want to hear about yeah, like yeah, yeah. what song Metallica hasn't played in a while, and like yeah. this or that. Yeah, people who are watching what happens from show to show—it's fascinating. That is cool. And, and plus, I'm, those are two bands. Like the my favorite Metallica recording is the live board recording from that Big Four show. Like hmm. it just—I think they're just an amazing live band. Any board recording is yeah. better than a studio record for that band. Yeah, I bought the I bought the board recording of the DC show for. Um, for Death Magnetic after I went oh, yeah. and it just still listen to that and it just brings you right back yeah. and you do realize they're how amazing they are as a live band it's, it makes a huge difference yeah, yeah. we're not going to argue with that absolutely <laughs> not no yeah. I wish I could see them more I just can't afford it <laughs> I know really it's gotten ridiculous yeah yeah <laughs> Eric, steer us back to this yeah. album. Yeah, this was, I was expecting to go really yeah. sideways know, yeah. with the hardcore stuff, the, but as it turns out, Faith No More is where we're twisting yeah. and turning. <laughs> Went from Soundgarden to Faith hey, back to Project. So. There was San Francisco band, Metallica San Francisco band. Yeah, there you so, go. Oh, yeah. Do you know about the Jim Martin, uh, Cliff Burton friendship? Well, yeah, they were, they were in high school together, didn't they? We, do you know that uh, they were in a band together, right? Jim Martin credits Cliff Burton for um, making him like a serious musician. Oh no, I didn't oh. know that. He, I read in an interview with him a long time ago. Where he said that um, J- uh, Jim Martin was working. At, I think it was uh, either a lumberyard or maybe he was like loading Christmas trees. I don't know. He was working with like heavy wood, and uh, Cliff Burton met him at his job one day, and he said he was like what the fuck are you doing? Jim was like, I'm loading these, I'm buying these newspapers, doing my job. Like, uh, this, Cliff, Cliff says, Cliff said to him, you're a musician. You're going to fuck up your hands. If you do this job, you need to find another job to do. Wow. And then after that, it changed Jim Martin's view on like his, how he looked at himself. He, he didn't think of himself as a musician, like properly, I guess, until that point. Mm-hmm. So then he, he really focused on uh, his music after that. Yeah. Jim Martin, very underrated guitar player. I don't, know, oh, I don't know where the hell he's been for 30 years, but. I don't know. It's too bad. Music um, would like him back. Absolutely. I, I, yeah. I, I just read an interview. I just read an interview with him. I mean, it was from like, 2012 or something but you're talking about like hey you know what happened and why did you leave or you know i mean he got fired but uh you know like would you ever get back together with them and he's like i don't really think that would work out but one way or another you know, he he says he's like been doing stuff music he's been right saying now. that for like 25 years I, yeah, yeah exactly i haven't heard anything no, <laughs> so was so zach de la roche john yeah, christ right, right. like i don't they're like the two guitar players i'm like where the hell did these guys go yeah i know it sucks 
Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, Angel Dust is definitely my favorite Faith No More album, and I think probably my favorite guitar work that he's done is on that album. And that was like, he was peaking at that point. You're like, yes, this is awesome. And then he left. I was like, oh. Yeah. Well, he also wasn't getting, yeah. I I like King for a Day, but I don't think it's nearly as good as Angel Dust. I like it better. Yeah, it's not. That's insane. Insanity. (laughs) Yeah. I love that album. I mean, but then again, I think I love all of their albums. Hey, can we go back? I got one other thing. Uh, when I was listening <laughs> to this album, I, I want. To, what do you guys think of the la- the piano song? Because I kind of, I think it's really good. Edge like of the world. It. Oh, edge of the yes, world. Yes, I am I right there with song. you on that. I was, I just was mowing the lawn uh, on Tuesday, and that one came on, and I'm just like, yeah, fuck yeah, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there rocking out, like going back and forth in my front yard, and all of a sudden that came it's on. It's like, like a. Right. What's that genre that it is? It's like lounge music, right? Yeah. yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it might be. Got a six eight eight. Yeah, you know, it's sounds kind of <laughs> lyrical content is kind of weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, from Faith No More. So I, I... Ooh, might might be about statutory rape. You thinking about it too hard? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I don't, mean don't 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 think about it. Maybe you don't like it. I mean, he says, I like the little girlies. Hey, little girl. I'm 40 like years older. Yeah, exactly. I don't like thinking about what it's We're about. We're going into Guar territory. <laughs> yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. It very much is like that. But. So I thought it was musically pretty cool, though, that yeah. song. It reminded yes. me of they. What uh, another thing that they did later is uh, I remember there was a they did an MTV video for uh, Commodore's song. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Easy, yeah, easy, easy, right? yeah. easy. Which was an Great. awesome cover and something new would ever expect from like a you know, thrash band, metal band. Yeah. yeah. You know, I would never call these guys thrash. Well, I mean, just like a yeah. alternative. Yes, yes, well, it was, yes, it was yes, a B side yes, on Angel Dust. Yeah. Definitely their heaviest album. But why is there a video for that song, though? That's what I don't want. Like, I don't know. But it's, probably it's probably their second biggest hit, though. It is. Well, it's probably, it is. My favorite part is when he interprets the ooh. Oh yeah. It's funny though that you guys mentioned though yes. his, his vocal stylings when he got first got brought into Faith No More. You know they had heard or I guess it was Billy had heard you know him perform and stuff shit like that and knew his range. And they went to record this, and he started pulling as I think somebody even used the the phrase nasal, made it a little more yeah. nasally. Yeah. Um, and uh, it turns out, like you know, he, he was you know kind of warming up or something. And they're like, "Hey, man, do that!" And 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 Mike Patton turned around and was just like, "No," because he really wanted to make a distinction, or at least it's believed he's never answered whether this is true or not. You know, with what he was doing with, Faith, with uh, Mr. Bungle at the time, to keep that to be his, his his more rangy and dynamic kind of vocal styling, and make this to be what he made it to be. Now, of course, that nasally bullshit only lasted for the this album. Yeah, yeah. You know, but uh, well, and Mr. Bungle is when he started really experimenting with his his voice, and his like, he brought that to yeah. uh, to Angel <laughs> Dust. For well, sure. I always thought that yeah, yes. um, he. I don't know if it was intentional or not, but Chuck Mosley's voice is more like Mike Patton 
if you had a bad version of Mike Patton, it would be Chuck Mosley. <laughs> yeah. I, I would I would say it's worse than bad. Well, yeah, but <laughs> it fit that like flow of albums better. If if you think about it, you, it, it, it was definitely like. Kind play, of, can you play it was Anne's song? I know. Uh, well, yeah, we share a lot. Either one. I mean. Oh yeah. Too, you know? Yeah, I actually went back and listened to both these albums, this and um, We Care A Lot. Uh, there's some really good songs on those oh, albums. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. It's just the Crab without, Song. It, yeah, the Crab Song is amazing. Yep. And, yeah. um, uh, oh, the Crab Song. Very what would you say? Chinese arithmetic. Vocals-wise, like you can definitely say, I mean, Mosley does what he does, but he ain't. That's not him no, saying, it's, no. Mike Patton. I just, I always wish they, I almost so wish they re-recorded these albums. The range and the way he's singing. I thought maybe it was an intentional uh, attempt by Faith the More to kind of keep that same sound going with just better singer. Yeah. yeah, those songs are so much better when Mike Patton does them. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like they actually when, re-recorded yeah. one of them for like a. They do a couple off of that from on uh, You Fat Bastards too. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. The crab song is um, one of them. And, uh, yeah. As the, as the worm turns, that's they were yeah, recorded as the worm turns yeah, yeah. with with Mike Patton singing. And I wish they did an entire album like that because I'd yeah. love to hear that. Kind of like what Anthrax did yeah, with John Bush singing. Yeah. yeah, I wish they'd done that with uh, Patton. But I guess it's not out of the question now. They are apparently they said that they're still working on music. Um, hmm. Their last album, like I said, it wasn't great. It was fine. I it had, didn't think had some it really good songs and it had some really not interesting songs i think right i got to see him like, live again motherfucker so. that's that's one of my favorites yeah that song's great yeah yeah that song's great so apparently mike patton wrote all the lyrics on the real thing yeah from what i recall okay. yeah and uh i think what happened was they sent him the music and he was like all right well, i'm gonna put lyrics yeah. and lyrics are really good on this album mm-hmm. i thought mm-hmm. throughout yeah just really really yeah. creative really good lyrics yeah absolutely and I guess yeah, zombie a, eaters. Uh, yeah, <laughs> zombie eaters is fantastic. Oh my god, it's about a baby. I know. It's <laughs> literally great though. Something's <laughs> about a baby. It's awesome. Wipe my do you, butt. Do you think? Piss me. Do you think the 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 intro to zombie eaters has got any fade to black in oh, there? Oh, it's yeah. I mean, it's it, definitely. It's the same chord structure. It's yeah. That's I a mean, it sounds really Floyd, similar think, to it? me. Goodbye, yeah, blue sky, maybe. Goodbye, yeah. blue sky. Blue sky, yeah. Yeah, that's sanitarium, fade to black, kind of all mixed in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. But yeah, I could, if I wanted to, pull up Goodbye Blue Sky and it's the same guy. And it was probably ripped <laughs> off from something else. Probably. Apparently, Anthony Kiedis was angry at Mike Patton. Uh, when the, yeah, I read that. Yeah. That was a big thing for a while. Yeah. 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 Why? Because they, I guess they because got of, their hair around? Because well, he was mimicking him or something? Or he it's, thought it's, he was mimicking Because him. Mike Patton can sing? Yeah, probably. <laughs> now, apparently, like, the video for this when it first came out in 89, and I mean, I didn't know about this video. I don't even know how long it took. But apparently, like, Anthony Kiedis saw it and thought that he was emulating... Patton was emulating him. Yeah. Like, he was like, trying to act... Like Kiedis. He had long brown hair and he had a they shirt were, and his shirt was They off. were popular now. Yeah. And right. it's fuck you, Anthony Kiedis. <laughs> he's probably not it's so on Wikipedia. Mad. I don't think so. I don't think he's mad either. No, I don't think so. I'm yeah. sure that was, that was 30 years ago. I'm Plus, he's, got, yeah. short hair and a, he's uh, got short hair and a porn mustache now. So. 
Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, have we covered? Have we covered it? Are we? Are we good with it no more? Surprise your dad. We didn't talk about that. Sounds, that, sounds hey, that sounds like a suicidal tendency song to me. I know that's the second time I brought them up in this podcast. You bring them up I don't know. You never bring them like up a suicidal enough. song. <laughs> well, surprise your as, dad. As long as we don't have Mike Muir on here to like, you know, go off for 45 <laughs> minutes. This song's heavy as shit for them. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. For this album, yeah, yeah. That's interesting because that's that's the one song on the album where he does kind of experiment a little bit more with the more angrier vocals and the kind of screaming. Yeah, yeah. where so maybe the most metal song on the album. It is. I don't know. War Pigs probably. That's that's not the the most metal Faith No More song. uh, I I know you said Underwater Love is is very poppy and and you weren't that big into it, but one thing that I like when you if you listen to the whole album, which probably going to do if you're listening to Underwater Love is The Morning After, which comes right after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. A seriously dark like song. It yeah, kind of balances the two out pretty well. You know, hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I understand. <clears throat> Never thought of it that yeah. way. That's that's cool. Because yeah. it's like he's he's deeply in love with this person and then and something horrible happens it's The Morning After. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Play some of that air the morning after. It's an underrated scene, I think. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, it's great. We care, we a, care lot. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it does sound very much like Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> but it changes more fast. Yeah. No, not anymore. that bass yeah bass in your face yeah, 89 is a that's a lot different than 88 just one year separated and there's a lot of different stuff in this year it's really yeah this interesting. is i mean one of the first bands we talked about that's kind of uh not typical metal. Like, yeah, we've talked about some other bands that aren't typical metal too, but this this band is really like not your typical metal band. Yeah. And that's you know, eighty nine is kind of when we started discovering bands like that too. Like, yeah, it's when I when I finally got into music. Yeah. <laughs> oh my right god! Fucking happened, nose, man. man. It finally <laughs> happened. God, it's only a matter of time. Fucking that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh, why'd you come back outside? You never know if it's oh, come. Yeah. You never know if it's out. I'm like, it's probably in my brain <laughs> now. Oh, <laughs> laying eggs! Uh, <sighs> oh my god! I made it so. I made almost made it to all the way. Sort of song about that, right? Come on, Shelly. No fucking invasions. <laughs> come on! <laughs> oh, my nose hurts. All right. I think on that note, we should wrap it up. <laughs> Second. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, hey, uh, Greg and Rob, thank you so much for 
hanging out with us. It was fun. Oh, yeah, cheers, sure. guys. Yeah, welcome. Thank you. Welcome anytime. Um, maybe we'll bring you back later this year, or when we do 1990, we can talk about some more hardcore bands from. <laughs> of course. <laughs> oh. Uh, so let me do. A Wait, little do you guys only do hardcore bands or what? And- okay. <laughs> We only like hardcore. That's it. <laughs> so you're a hardcore musician. Yeah, we're terrible. Well, we are terrible musicians. That is true. <laughs> Before I let you guys go, I know this is kind of weird, but do you want to promote anything? Have you got shows coming up soon that you want? Yeah, uh, we're playing at Celebrate Fairfax um, at the Government Center. What is that? June seventh, Greg. With uh, the, your favorite metal band, Better Than Ezra. Oh, nice. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> and also on Sunday, we're doing it as hair metal though, as hair metal. So if you like the uh, glam rock, come check it out. That should be. Fun. I I like some better than Ezra songs. If I'm if I'm in, well, then, then Joe I, will be there. Be there. Then come and hang out. We're actually technically we're hair metal is headlining because we play after better than Ezra. <laughs> oh, you know, better than Ezra's opening for hair metal. God, I yes. hate I hate when you get handed that slot. Say the date. Tell us the date again. I forgot already. It's June six. Uh, I want to say June 7th is the Friday and June 9th is the Sunday. The Sunday brew. We're also doing an hour in the afternoon. I'll try to go if if I'm in Virginia. That would be cool. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So somewhereintimepodcast.com is the the website. Um, That's where you'll get to pretty much all of our social media stuff. So check us out there. Uh, We are, you know, all the episodes are up on that site as well. Um, We're on YouTube. Although I still haven't put the last episode on YouTube yet. <laughs> all four of our subscribers are upset with you. I know. All 11 viewers are like, what are you doing? <laughs> you ruined my life! There's six viewers right here. So there's five others. <laughs> yeah, we invited two of them to be <laughs> I know. And now we're down to nine. Oh, my. I'm, st- I'm still well, going to click like on it. But I'm one also, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Me too. <laughs> I remember when didn't we do that for A Track Jones, Eric? Right <laughs> there was yeah. there was a YouTube channel for A Track Jones, and it was up for it was up for like a month. And I looked at it, and I'm like, uh, "We have three subscribers. <laughs> fucking band. What is wrong with you guys?" <laughs> I think it's even worse when you have it, and not everyone in the band is because that's, <laughs> that's where we're at. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I knew who they were too, but. Oh, no. oh my god <laughs> that's gold that is gold i'm not gold sure if like, we have lots of family, that, family members who that sounds do. like old school new york hardcore beef yes <laughs> what were you saying we have a lot of family members what they could be subscribers or followers of our podcast and i don't think oh, I, I don't think we have like numerous no. brothers Cousins, I, I, t- I tell you to listen to it. They could just. That's what I tell my friends. Like, just subscribe. You don't have to fucking listen. Yeah, just subscribe. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus, we just want the it numbers. Doesn't cost man. you anything, and you can delete it as soon as it comes out. <laughs> Come on, mom. It's so yeah, like, <laughs> just the subscribe button. How do I? How do I do oh, a podcast? Well, Greg will post this on our Instagram and Facebook, and we'll get at least another four to six people. (laughs) Cool. We have to double the numbers. (laughs) Can't count Chris. He's already a subscriber. Family members and friends who listen to this and are offended, it's your fault. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, if it's our mom, she raised us. Your responsibility how to deal with it. (laughs) 
My mother-in-law shares everything I post, but I guarantee you she's never listened to a single second. No, she's never listened to this. That's fine. fine. We're calling her out. Doesn't she's sharing it? No, she's sharing it. Sharing. She's a wonderful lady. I'm gonna. I'm gonna play some outro music and get the fuck out of here. Fine. Energy. Energy. Aggression. Power. To sum it up, it's a vulgar display of power. Metal and in certain other forms of rock give teenagers something to believe in that they get no place else. The human element of making music is what's most important. Singing into a microphone and learning to play an instrument, that's the most important thing.